Well, hello and welcome back to Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. So I am so excited for this episode as I had a great conversation with Lloyd Dixon of The Single Guy. Lloyd has his own YouTube channel where he gives a lot of dating advice to men who are interested in trying to become their best selves while dating and trying to find a partner. I had such a great conversation with Lloyd. We talked about so many things from our experiences with being single, how Lloyd got started with his YouTube channel and why he chose to give dating advice to other guys out there. We opened up a little bit more about our own dating experiences, especially in San Francisco because he used to live out here in the Bay Area and a lot more other fun things just about being single in general. This was such a great conversation and I am so excited for you to listen to what Lloyd had to say. So let's jump into the interview right now. Well, hi Lloyd. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good, Alana. Thanks for having me on. Um, yes. Yeah, it's been a it's been a very busy day, but um, I'm making it. Awesome. Yeah, I am so excited to have you on. And I want to thank you once again for being here. I have been wanting to speak to you for such a long time now because I know you used to be based out of the Bay Area. You gave dating advice to people. You still give dating advice to people on your YouTube channel, which is something similar that I do. And I love following people who are very similar to what I do. And I was just like, oh, my God, I got to talk to this guy. We're so similar. Oh, my God. So I'm so excited to finally have you on and just making this happen. So cool. Um, well, so, thank you. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. I think one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk with you about first and getting started is, as I mentioned, you like to give dating advice to, I'd say, the average modern man, helping them navigate life, whether they're looking for a hookup or they want to find a serious relationship. I would love to know your journey on what kind of led you to want to talk about dating on the internet. Cause I, again, I kind of do the same thing and I'm more willing to share my side and what I do as well, but I want to hear what you do first. Cause I think it's really awesome with what you're doing and you give really good advice. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I, I like to think my advice is good. You know, it came out of a lot of pain and I, I think people that have suffered a lot tend to, um, they, they tend to produce the best work, uh, in, in, in that regard because they thought about it more. And they've gone through all the challenges that a lot of the other people are going through as well, too. That's probably why my advice works is because, you know, I suffered from a lot of the challenges my clients suffer from, you know, as bad, if not worse. And so when I get some, a guy who's in a position who's struggling, um, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be there and I know what it's like to pull yourself out. So um, for me, when I first started, it was mostly due to a lot of the pain that I was experiencing. I felt like I, you know, I was a lonely kid. I didn't have a whole lot of friends when I was in school. Mm -hmm. And, um, so during that period of time, I, I made it my mission. I forget when I did it. Actually, no, I, I remember exactly when I did it. Um, I made the decision a couple times is sometimes, you know, you get back on your feet and then you get knocked back down, you know, whether it's emotionally or physically. And I, I made the decision that I was going to try and figure this out. I was going to work as hard as I could. I knew I wasn't the most likable person at that point in time. I knew I mm -hmm. wasn't like, uh, you know, the, the most socially calibrated uh, person at that time. But I felt like I could do something. And um, if I could be better than what I am before, I deserve to realize that. And so I spent a number of years going out, basically just trying to hook up with as many girls as I could. I, I think mm -hmm. mo most of that came from me not having that. And my friends, seeing that happen a lot to my friends in college. And so you kind of get that, like... Um, that motivation to, to want to have yeah. what people had previously. Also, I'm, you know, I love sex and I'm a horny guy. So. 
<laughs> who doesn't, doesn't love sex? Right. Did <laughs> doesn't, you think, doesn't hurt. Um, did you think, so yeah, sorry, I spent a. Oh, sorry, I just had a question. Did you think that wanting to hook up with people was it kind of just a way to kind of help you fill a void of the pain that you were experiencing? I was just kind of curious to learn more about the pain that you were experiencing, since that's kind of how you opened up. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, obviously, everybody has a drive to have sex and everybody, you know, wants it. That's a biological drive that people have. But yeah. certain people are willing to go farther than other people to get it or to yeah. get it with more people. You know, sometimes they're just happy to have it with the same person for a while in a relationship. And I wasn't, uh, the, what, what gave me that drive was, like you said, probably that pain that I experienced in college and like to a certain extent after college uh, for about a, about a year or two. I found it very frustrating, you know, being in that position and, you know, wanting something and just not being good enough or um, mm -hmm. worthy enough to get it and yeah. trying to make myself into that kind of person, doing it in all the wrong ways, making all the right, uh, making all the, the wrong or the right mistakes, however you choose to uh, interpret that. Um, I choose to interpret it as the right mistakes because those mistakes yeah. led to learning experiences and that makes me a better coach now. So yeah, um, yeah, that was a big motivation. You're right. Yeah. And I think it's really important that, you know, you mentioned that there are things that you learn from it because that's kind of exactly how I give my advice on my channel too. It's based off mistakes that I've made or big learning experience that I face when it comes to whether I'm having sex with someone or if I'm dating someone and mm -hmm. the advice that I share on my channel, I don't like to call it advice, even though technically is advice. And I always state that I'm not a dating coach. I'm just a single girl who is sharing her perspective on what she's learned in hopes that it helps you too. If you don't like what I have to say, you know, that's okay. I'm not going to be for everyone. But if you do find what I have to say valuable and you're willing to try it out, awesome. Let me know if it works for you because I want to, it just lets me know that, hey, what I'm sharing is actually valuable information that's helping people. So I'm so glad to hear that a lot of it's based off your own personal experiences and what you've learned as well. I think that's really important, especially if you are a dating coach, you have to be willing to like learn, grow and understand because how are you supposed to give dating advice if you don't have your own shit figured out and you don't even know <laughs> what it means to learn from that? So I think it's so important that you said that. And I really admire that a lot. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think it's definitely important. There's a lot of people who probably shouldn't be given dating advice that are, I agree. They got a lot of views and you know, they pretty popular. I can think of one particular person. I don't know if we're thinking of the same person. It's just so funny <laughs> that many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> so yeah. there's this, I have a story for you. Um, I've shared this sure. on my channel before. So there's this one guy who actually lives out here in San Francisco. He's also a lawyer I'm not going to share the name of his channel just because I don't like to name drop, but sure. he gives dating advice that is so toxic. And I can tell mm -hmm. he's more of a traditional man and he's also like in his 40s. And here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with traditional values, but the way that he presents it, he'll say like women have to change themselves. They have to be more traditional in order for them to be more successful with men. And I'm just, oh my God, that's so not true at all. So basically... He sends me an email saying he wanted to interview me for his channel to talk about dating in San Francisco because he's watched some of my dating in San Francisco story time videos. And I sure, said, sure. sure. And I said, sure, I'd be more than happy to come on your channel, especially if you live in SF. Easy. Done. I'm down. And he then said to me, 
Um, before you come on, I have a request and that is to not wear any makeup. And I'm just thinking, okay, why can't I wear makeup? What's wrong with mm -hmm. that? And then he said, people can't take you seriously and it hurts your credibility. And then I just like went off on him in the email. I didn't care how unprofessional I sounded, but I had to defend myself because you mm -hmm. can't just expect a woman to change her appearance just because it makes you uncomfortable. And mind you, mm -hmm. I look flawless with my full glam. <laughs> so anyway, I decided well, to not just, yeah, that's yeah I, I didn't proceed. I didn't proceed further, but oh, ho, ho, it gets better. So this asshole had the audacity to make a whole video about defensiveness and dating based off my email exchange with him, calling me defensive. And then he just spews off about makeup shaming, how women shouldn't be wearing makeup. He just went on a whole tangent. It's such a terrible video. So then I made a response video to his video because I did check out his channel. And he's got about like 17,000 subscribers. But his channel's mm -hmm. not good. The dude doesn't even make thumbnails. He doesn't optimize his keywords. And I can see why he doesn't get the kind of views that he does. But the reason he has a large following is because some videos that he did 10 years ago just popped off or accrued views over time. So personally, yeah. I don't even find him to be credible. But yeah, the dating advice that he gives is just, it's very, very toxic. And he basically yeah. tells women that they need to change themselves for men. And that's just not okay so yeah that's just one person that i can think of i'm curious to know about like who you know because i can think of other creators too who give <laughs> toxic dating advice but i gotta say i think from your channel you definitely don't really give anything toxic i think it's actually really interesting that you give your dating advice based off kind of what women want which leads me into the next thing is how how do you know this? Did you, is it just from like women that you've talked to? Cause like you've really hit the nail on the head with some of these videos. And I'm just thinking to myself, how does he know this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I get women that comment on my videos all the time saying, well, wow, this guy like hit the nail on the head. Um, and you know, it's not a hundred percent. I'm sure there's a woman who turns into my channel. Who's like, Oh, I don't sure. know. That wouldn't work for me. Or she, sure. she's think that. And I'd be like, well, we'll see. Um, and <laughs> so for that, it was pretty much just all like my mistakes. So like the first, the first, men typically learn how, like men learning about women is a complicated process. So yeah. I don't know how it is as, from your perspective as a woman, you know, learning sure. about how to deal with men or, or talk to them. Um, but I found very quickly that asking women straight up what they want can have mixed results. You, yeah. you can, they can sometimes they'll tell you, uh, but very often people in general, I find just won't. Um, yeah. and so, you know, you, you know, you'll, you'll talk to a woman like, what are you looking for in a guy? And she'll just be like, Oh, I just want a guy who like, you know, treats me, treats me right is nice, you know, and, 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 and like, you know, all, all that stuff. And I'm like, well, I know plenty of guys who are nice that who do treat women pretty well, but yeah they don't have girlfriends or they don't have girlfriends that they like. Um, mm -hmm. and they're not really, they're struggling in their dating lives. So I'm like, that can't be, that can't be the full story. Yeah. And it's true. You know, women, everybody, they, they do like, they do want someone who's nice, but they leave out a, a couple key qualities, which is like yeah. some masculine things that I think men should remind, remind themselves, which is, you know, they have to, they have to be someone who can be responsible, who can lead, mm -hmm. um, who can mm -hmm. take care of them, um, who mm -hmm. can stand up for themselves you know, those kinds of things. Like, you know, she doesn't, yeah, sure. She wants a guy who's nice. That's important, but it's more important to be around someone who can protect her and protect the potential child that they could have. So 
those things matter a lot more than if you had just asked somebody, they probably wouldn't even mention uh, any of yeah. those things. Like if you probably asked a group of women, I don't, I'm not sure if any of them, maybe conf- confidence would probably come up for confidence sure. Confidence is huge. Yeah. And it's interesting how you brought up what's like masculine, what's feminine. Cause I think for me, I'm kind of weird. I tend to like a more feminine, I'm saying this in air quotes for the listeners, a more yeah. feminine guy, because yeah. I've noticed that guys who have more like feminine traits, again, in air quotes, right, right, right. tend to be more respectful and caring. And I think yeah, masculinity absolutely. and femininity, it's on a spectrum and everyone's going to have mm-hmm. like their own different preferences of what that means to them. Because mm-hmm. I definitely still care about my femininity, of course. But yeah, unfortunately, for some guys, they say I'm too of a masculine female. And I say, well, you know what? Bye. I, I don't In what ways? To- I guess because I'm very opinionated, I'm, I know how to say no and stand my ground and that can, you know, be threatening to them in a way. Yeah. And I tend to be, I am a feminist. Like I'm not going to lie. I want to be treated with respect. Mm -hmm. And I will say with most of the guys that I've met in San Francisco haven't been horrible. Like they've been respectful, but when I was in college, in a more conservative area, it was definitely a different story where people would attack my femininity. And that hurts because you don't get to determine what's feminine. I do. And Mm -hmm. I understand people will have their preferences, but you don't need to attack me for a characteristic that really isn't, I don't know, that big of a deal, if that makes sense. Um, But I get what you're saying in terms of the whole masculinity thing. I think, you know, with masculinity, it definitely does play. I just wanted to say, like, you know, you were talking about how, uh, like, you say you're opinionated and that sort of stuff. I think that kind of behavior is pretty sexy. You know, maybe not every guy's into that sort of stuff. (laughs) I think think a lot more guys would be um, if maybe they open themselves up for it. Yeah, totally. And I think confidence is a very masculine. I determine that as a very masculine trait. I think for me, I like a guy who's confident. He knows what he wants in life. That's very sexy. He's ambitious. I'm not saying he needs to be six feet tall and has a six figure job because personally, I don't really care how rich you are. You could be poor as long as you're doing something that you love and you're able to financially support yourself because I'm not the kind of woman who is going to rely on a man's wallet to get by because I'm I'm an independent woman. I'm making my own goddamn income and (laughs) I don't need to rely on someone else to provide money for me. I think you can, if you want, man, if you want to provide for me, cook for me because I sure as hell can't do it. That's how you can provide (laughs) for me. (laughs) So yeah, I'm sorry. I totally cut you off. You were going off with confidence, but I, again, I do agree with you. Confidence is such a sexy trait. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned a couple other things that I'm sure they, they would, they might possibly mention too, but yeah, I mean, that's that's what I learned is that like you can't just ask people straight up. You have to like kind of observe their behavior, um, yeah. see which kind of people they choose and see which tendencies they have. And those were the things that I noticed. I noticed they were going for those kinds of guys. I noticed that certain guys can do well at the beginning and then maybe they lose them. Um, certain guys do not so well at the beginning, but once they get a girl, then, you know, the girl's really into them and sticks with them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought it would be good to have both of those kinds of guys combined. So not only do you do well at the beginning, but you also do well, um, as things keep going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. And I guess your journey, um, with being single, I guess I'm kind of curious to know a little bit more about how you developed your own confidence 
Because I know you have talked a little bit more about some stories where you've hooked up with girls. And I know your Instagram, you have girls in like every picture, which is great. You know, you're a confident guy. Who's <laughs> able, Not every know? picture, like maybe, maybe <laughs> every third. <laughs> but like you're confident, you're, you know, you're, you know how to get a girl, you know how to get her attention. I think being able to be interesting, that that's a big key one for me. You got to be an interesting person because I'm the kind of person who gets bored so easily. The second you bore me, I'm out. So I guess I wanted to know more about like how you build up that confidence, how you made yourself more interesting and appealing to women. I'm just kind of curious to learn more about that story too. Yeah, sure. So I mean, the, the, when you're trying to do well with people or anybody in general, and this is true of women as well, too, you know, you need to provide some sort of value for them. And when you're out or when you're, you know, not too, some bars are open in some areas, um, that's a lot of stuff's closed. Um, but even so, like, I was just in the park the other day. And um, I was just kind of walking around by myself. Occasionally, I'll go out by myself, like not with friends. Um, just to kind of like prove to my students that you don't really need to have like a huge group of friends to, mm -hmm. to go out and meet people. Like you can just meet people by yourself. So I went out to the park you know, by myself and there was just kind of people hanging out, you know, playing, playing with a dog, playing with their dogs or playing with a soccer ball and stuff like that. And I just went in, started playing with different people. And what was I providing them? I, I don't know them. I don't know. They don't know anything about me. I was just providing fun. Okay. So yeah. right off the bat, the first thing that you can provide somebody is a good energy, fun. You can be interested in them and make them feel a little bit important. Mm -hmm. And so I think once people learn how to do that and they can make people feel that way at the beginning, then meeting people becomes a whole lot. Like it, not only can you meet people, but you can get them to like, they want to hang out with you because you're providing something that a lot of other people can't provide. Um, yeah. And so once you learn how to do that, then, you know, meeting people and meeting women if you're if you're a single guy becomes yeah. very easy and uh, yeah. not hard at all. Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of exactly what I tend to look for. God, I swear it's like you're a psychic who's just reading my mind of like what I look for in a dude. And I just think that's <laughs> so scary. It's it's really terrifying, but like in a good way, of course. <laughs> Yeah, I think just being interesting and making sure that you are able to provide value, having a good time, being an interesting person, and that's important. Um, I think another thing that I'm really curious to learn more about is, I guess, your single status now. So your whole brand is called a single guy or the single guy. Yeah. I know it's like it's a single guy on Instagram and then it's the single guy. Um, the single guy on YouTube. So I'm kind of curious to learn more about how you feel being single, where you are now in life, and just how you're kind of navigating it from your own perspective. What's Lloyd up to these days with his single life? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question. Um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not 100% single. Like I've been seeing somebody for a little bit. Um, okay. But but we're not we're not monogamous. I, I maybe consider it some sort of like poly uh, thing that I have going on. Okay. Um, I've been reluctant to call it that for a long time because I just I feel like that term is people get some interesting ideas behind it. The important part I think for me as I've gotten older is I don't hook up quite quite as many people as I used to. You know, when I was yeah. 22 or 23, like that's all I was trying to do. I was yeah, probably you probably wouldn't have liked me back then. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was I was basically going out all the time and doing that. And now, you know, I definitely value deeper connection a lot more. It doesn't mean I don't mm -hmm. like to go out and have fun. I do. I love meeting people. I love excitement. Um, I don't anticipate me being monogamous for 
I don't know if I'll ever be monogamous with, with anybody. Okay. Um, and why you know, is that? I think I'll probably just, well, for me, I just know that like, I would get mad about it. Um, I would get kind of resentful. Like I travel around a lot and if I okay. go on a trip and I'm by myself for a long time and there's a girl and we have a connection and we don't, we, I can't act on it cause I gotta be faithful to my wife. I know I'm going to start resenting her and that's going to create problems. So really? I, the, people, okay. the women that I've done the best with are women that have been okay with that. And they don't, they don't see it as something that can affect, um, you know, us hanging out or whatever. So like, I'd have to be with somebody who was comfortable with that and yeah, they, would, absolutely. they would rather trust me. And, and like, I'm very honest and I'm, I communicate very well. Like I'm friends Good. with yeah. pretty much all my exes at this point. I used to not be, by the way, I used to like, if I broke up with somebody, we probably wouldn't talk for a long time, but pretty, yeah. but now the way it is, especially for the last like two years or something like that, I'm friends with pretty much all of them. And it's because I'm upfront and honest that, you know, they might yeah. not like the deal that they're going to get. Like they want yeah. somebody who's going to be monogamous with them. That's fine. But I was honest with them at the get go. So they didn't, yeah. they didn't feel cheated or <laughs> cheated. <laughs> no, no, but exactly. I, no, I get what they you're didn't saying. They feel cheated, even though uh, they, you know, that's probably what would have happened if they, if they had gotten with me. So let's talk about intentions then, because I think it's so important that you brought that up. And I just want to say there's absolutely nothing wrong with being poly. I don't mm-hmm. shame people who are poly. They just have to target people who are open to a poly relationship or other people who are poly themselves, because I know with me, I'm, I'm the opposite. So I am looking for a serious monogamous relationship. I've been single for over nine years. Uh, So I broke up with my ex in 2011. So Uh I mean, of course, there's a period where I had a rebound and I was hooking up with guys in college. But over time, I was able to get myself back together. And Mm -hmm. I was ready for a relationship again. But the problem is that I kept running into dudes who didn't want relationships, but they were still interested in wanting to see me. And at the time, I didn't know my worth. I didn't value myself or respect myself to end Mm -hmm. it. And once I got to San Francisco, I started dating a ton. I felt like I was becoming a serial dater. Now, listen, I'm not (laughs) desperate for a relationship. I'm not like, do I want one? Yes. Is it something I need? Definitely not. And I want to make sure that I do find the right person because when I end my single status after nine years, that's going to be a big fucking deal to me. And yeah, it's going to yeah. be, a, it's going to be huge, especially for my following who has watched my journey of being single, where I've shared stories about people that I've dated or hooked up with things that I've learned. That's going to be a big deal to my followers. And then they're going to be like, well, what now you're not single anymore. Do we still go to you for guidance? And of course they will, because there'll be other things for me to talk about, but back to the whole thing of intention. So when I got to San Francisco, I would go on dates, but I try not to think of this guy going to be my next boyfriend, but there were guys that I really liked who I would see myself being in a relationship with. And then mm-hmm. back in March, I met this really great guy. He told me he didn't really know what he wanted yet. That was something that was a red flag, right? Because maybe we could be casual. And I never thought that this was going to be turn into something serious. Like I knew there was going to be an expiration date, but I really regret that just because Alana, you want a serious relationship. Stop this. So now after that experience, when that ended, I now ask guys before I even go out with them being like, before I say yes, anything, can I ask how long you've been single for and what your intentions are? Just because I don't want to waste time because there are a lot of guys on hinge. That's like one of the big dating apps that I use. I don't want to go out with a guy who's not looking for something serious or is poly 
And I just want to be totally transparent with them and be honest saying, listen, I want a serious relationship. I've been single for a long time. I'm ready to end the single status. And I need guys to just understand that and respect that choice. Like if you want sex, that's fine. But I'm not your girl. There are plenty of other women out there that do want sex. And as much as I love sex, I want to have sex with somebody where it's going to be great. Because in my experience where I've hooked up with people in San Francisco, can't lie, it's been pretty mediocre. <laughs> this kind of leads me to believe that this probably isn't going to turn into something serious. So I was getting very frustrated. I really need to be dating somebody who is kind of on the same page as me. And of course, I understand it's not going to work out with everyone, right? But at least I won't feel like it's a waste of time knowing that they at least were on the same page as me. So that's how I feel about that. I um was getting very frustrated. And so now in my experience, guys have been very receptive to being like, okay, that's a fair question to ask. They'll say, I'm not looking for anything serious. And I say, well, thanks for letting me know. But unfortunately, I've been single for nine years and I'd like to no longer be single anymore. I am looking for a serious relationship. And, they and they're and they like, okay, yeah, we're on the wrong page. So it was nice meeting you. Thanks for letting me know. And it just, it saves so much time. And then I think the funniest response I've ever gotten to one guy after I asked him this, and this is something that I've not shared on the internet yet. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I matched with this one guy who competes in bodybuilding co competitions because I do that as well. So that's a really great way to connect with somebody because that's a very small community. Mm -hmm. And so I matched with him. And we opened up the conversation just talking about competitions that we've competed in and more about bodybuilding. And then mm -hmm. he's asked me about meeting up. And I said, okay, sure. But before I meet up with you, can I ask what you're looking for and how long you've been single for? And he says, oh my gosh. He says, I've been single for nine months, but I'd love to give you great orgasms. And I said, hmm, well, sir, as nice as that sounds, my vibrator can do a much better job at doing that than you. So... <laughs> I'm going to have to pass because we're not on the same page. And he goes, oh, my God, I would have led you on. I feel so bad. I mean, hey, looking for love in the Bay is tough. And he's not wrong. It is. But he was like really cool about the situation. I said, you know what? Thanks for being honest with me. All I just want is for you to be honest. If you just want sex, just say you want sex. Yeah, you might lose me, but I would much rather have you be honest with me and just say like, hey, I just want a fun time. And I'll be like, oh, uh -huh. well, we're we're not on the same page. And yeah, yeah, I just kind of moved past that phase of having fun and hooking up with guys like as much as I love sex, and mm -hmm. I crave it all the time. It's I would rather have it be mind blowing than just be mediocre with the one night stand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you what a uh, what age range are you like dating in right now? So I'm 29. Uh, uh -huh. and I would probably prefer guys, I'd say 28 through 33. 28 through 33? Yeah. Okay. You ever thought about going, going older? A little bit. Yeah. I, um, I guess for me, I used, here's the thing. So a little backstory about why I capped it at 33. And this is something that I'm still trying to overcome by the way. Uh huh. So I'd say early twenties, mid twenties, I was very insecure about age. Why? I don't fucking know. I think it had to do with like a comfort thing being with people who are closer to my age as like a way of comfort. Uh -huh. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
That's why I was so apprehensive to date guys who were a lot older than me because I was kind of scared or I was maybe like intimidated by someone being that much older than me. But as I've gotten older, I've been more open to going, okay, let's try three years older. Okay, let's try four years older. The biggest age gap I've had between me and a guy where I've hooked up with was five years. And it was totally, mm-hmm. and I was totally fine. I don't know why I had this insecurity of being yeah. so uncomfortable about guys who were so much older than me. So I could probably yeah. do a 35 year old, maybe a 36 year old, but some of, but another weird thing is like my brother is 36, 37 years old. I've lost count of how old he is now. So I don't want it to yeah. feel like I'm dating my brother at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, well, Why do I you think ask? You should try it out. I mean, you've dated a lot of different guys around in that that age range that's around your age. I think guys take a little bit longer to mature than women do. Yes, um, accurate. And uh, in San Francisco even probably longer, you know, like people, people are, people are, people are getting together and getting married later and later. They are. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that it might be worth exploring if that's what yeah. you've been, if that's what you've been trying in the past. Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of funny. Uh, American women, I've noticed that European women don't think like this. European yeah. women will date guys way older than them. Do they really? Like, yeah, yeah. I was in Amsterdam one time and I was hanging out. I was just like, you know, we were in this like group or whatever. And I'm talking to this like girl who I thought was like 22. <laughs> she ended up being 17. And I'm like, holy oh. cow, you're 17. How old were you and, at the time? Um, I was like 25. I was like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. I'm same age as you now. Okay, cool. Um, so, and then, and then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, like, you know, she's seemed to be hanging around older guys. And I'm like, so you've, like, what kind of guys do you date? And she goes, oh, I like, uh, basically, she told me she liked older men. And I'm like, well, what age was the last guy you dated? She's like 33. And I'm like, but you're 17. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, he taught me how to sail. It was great, you know? <laughs> and it's so weird, because in America, that would be totally illegal. I'm wondering if Europeans, they just don't have that law. I don't know. Do you know? Uh, the, well, the age of consent there was, I had to look it up after I started talking to her. Um, uh it was, it's like 16, I think, for the Dutch. Okay. Um, and they have like they have like zero problem with it. I, I got to be honest with you. European women are a lot more mature than mm. American women are. European yeah, men are a lot more mature than American men. I think it's the way we're brought up. I think that, uh, I, I think I, that American kids are... They, they have a different thing. Like, I think Europeans spend a little bit more time around grown-ups. Um, and uh, that tends to help them out a little bit, I think. Yeah. And it's funny you say it's Amsterdam because Amsterdam is a very sex positive place. I just feel like the <laughs> Netherlands in general, it's very sex positive over there, which yeah. could make some yeah. sense as to why the consent age could be 16 years old. Because I know in America, I believe it's 18. But I think you definitely make a really good point about how in America, it's about the way that we're raised and we're brought up. Because I think, again, it ties back to that traditional mindset and we as millennials are going into a more progressive route and we're trying to break that norm because it's something that we're actually really uncomfortable with and that we're able to adapt and to change. And we don't mind the change and being more open about sexuality and dating and not shaming people for wanting to do things a certain way. I think it's Mm -hmm. a really interesting point that you brought up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And me too, even like when I found out her age, I was like, oh, geez, should I even be talking to you right now? Like, I know we're just chilling, but like, <laughs> you know, it's it, my natural tendency was to get all fearful. And I think that, you know, if people grow up in a more relaxed environment, especially when they talk about that sort of stuff, there's not as many, there's not as many things associated with it. Dude, it's funny, like, like with Europeans too, as well, like when I traveled, I noticed that a lot of the Europeans, they were not as into like, getting wasted as the Americans were mm-hmm. there. And I'm like, and I talked to, you know, one of the, one of the girls, one of the guys, and I'm like, why aren't you excited to go party? Partying's awesome. You know, I was like 23 or I think I was like 24 or something. And I was still excited to party at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, Oh, that's old shit. I did all that stuff when I was 15. And I was like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when you were 15. Okay. All right. I guess I was grew up a little sheltered, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was very sheltered when I was younger. It took me a really long time to get out of that sheltered bubble because I'm mm-hmm. from originally, I'm originally from Virginia and you know, there's all that Southern culture there. And I just found it to be so toxic and moving to San Francisco was like one of the best decisions I ever made because it allowed me to find myself and to get out of this sheltered bubble that my mom tried to raise me in. My mom uh-huh. has always been the kind of person who's very abstinent friendly. Oh my God. She would always tell me that I have to wait until marriage to have sex. And I would just be like, eh. so, <laughs> I'm not waiting Did you until- it for a little bit though. What? You're like, yeah, I'll wait. Were you like, at, was there any point in time in your life where, okay, I'll wait till marriage. I'm trying I, to I legit thought that until I was like 14 or 15, I think 14 or 15, I legitimately thought I was going to wait till marriage. I think yeah, if you would ask me at that age, I think maybe when I was 11 or 12, because again, I was 11 or 12 years old and I wasn't going to be having sex at that age. There were people yeah. in my class in middle school who would ex- at least explore with oral sex, but I don't think anyone really started having sex until they got into high school. And I lost my right. virginity when I was 18. So I was in high school. And I felt like that was a more appropriate age to lose my virginity. Not, I mean, obviously teenagers are going to have sex and it's fine. Mm -hmm. I just want people to be responsible and making sure that it's healthy and it's consensual because I'm all about sex positivity. And if people are going to have sex at a young age, I just want them to know what consent is and how to be responsible and make healthy decisions. That's Mm -hmm. kind of all I want, especially the day that I have kids and I have teenagers who are going to start exploring sex. I just want them to know that and not make them feel bad about those about making that decision. Because I know my mom definitely shamed me when she found out that I lost my virginity. Oh, my God. She tried. She almost grounded me for it. That's how insane <laughs> it was. It's like, are you really going to ground me for doing something that actually wasn't illegal because I was actually of legal consent age? I think more and more had to do with the fact that I did it in the house, which is probably a little bit more understandable. <laughs> But at the same time, it was so you sold dumb. the sanctity of the of the house. <laughs> but it was so dumb. And so, yeah, but just going to San Francisco, I was able to unlearn a lot of things that happened to me when I was growing up. I was able to become more confident because I used to be really insecure about doing things by myself in public. Like when I was doing grad school in Kentucky or in college, when I was in Virginia, I couldn't go to a bar by myself. I was afraid to just eat at a restaurant by myself because I was afraid people were going to think that I was this friendless loser. And I would, because I was so triggered by people in high school and middle school who would always tell me that I'm a friendless loser. I had no friends. So those insecurities were projected 
on me throughout all those years. But then once I got to SF, it didn't matter. People don't fucking care what you do. People don't care if you're by yourself. No one's who's going to judge you. Mm-hmm. So that helped. And then just being able to date in a place where there's other single people and not feeling the pressure to get married at such an early age, because that's a thing in the South. And yeah, that's yeah. something that I had to escape. And even though, yes, I wanted marriage, I wanted kids. I didn't want to just get married for the sake of getting married. I want it to be an epic love story that grows into the point where I know (laughs) that I'm financially ready to have kids as well, because I'm not going to have kids now when I'm so broke. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, just San Francisco was a big growing period and I've learned so much about dating patterns that I didn't really get to learn when I was in college because I went through this toxic cycle of, dating guys who didn't want relationships and letting them play me and letting them Mm -hmm. take advantage of me. And I didn't know my worth and now I do. And I feel like being able to date more guys and being able to understand them because I've learned, I've been able to understand a little bit more about guys too, not in a way where I'm changing myself for a dude, but you know, reasonable things that I can, you know, kind of, pull back the reins a little bit on and just kind of hear them Mm -hmm. out. Just listening to men is, is a big thing for me and having men also listen to me and just being able to understand differences and learning how to compromise and Mm -hmm. being able to communicate. I think communication is something Mm -hmm. that I got better at when it came to dating and SF, because let me tell you, there's some terrible communicators here in the city and being able to find people who can at least communicate with you, whether they're not going to be interested in you instead of just ghosting you know, yeah. that's so huge in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. What is uh what does that mean when you say be a good communicator? What do you think that consists of? Sure. So in my definition, when I say be a good communicator, you're able to say what's actually on your mind. You're not afraid to hold back. I think honesty plays a big role in communication. Just being sure. direct, being able to, whether it's texting or calling me. Obviously, we don't need to text every day, all day, but being able to hear from you maybe at least like once a day, keeping the momentum consistent. That is what Mm -hmm. I mean. Talking about problems, addressing things that you're on your mind. That's what I mean by being a good communicator. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think one part of that that's super important is holding a space for that person so they they feel like they can be honest with you. that was one thing when I first started trying to get people to be honest to me, like I would do it in a way where it's like, you know, you can tell me anything, you know, you can tell me anything, but it's like, you can say that all you want. Mm-hmm. If they don't feel safe around you to tell you that stuff, like you're going to overreact or you're yeah. going to get angry um, or you're going to leave them, uh, then they won't do that. Yeah. You know, they, they just won't. So yeah. I know that I can be kind of intense with women sometimes and I can be a little. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I can be a little uh, a little passionate is what I would say. Yeah. Um, so they won't tell me certain things because they, if, if they know it's going to upset me, then they just won't say it because they're, they're afraid that I'm going to get mad and, you know, react. Um, so are you, are you talking I, about like sex? Is that what you're is that where you're going or is it just in general? In other- no, 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 no. I would do if it was something like I'll give you I'll give you an example. So okay. um, I mean, it could it could involve sex, but uh, like. The girl that I'm seeing right now, she, we were sitting down. I could tell something was bugging her. She didn't want to talk about it. Uh-huh. And so 
it was kind of that situation. She knew she was going to, she knew what was bothering her if we talked about it was going to be a serious conversation and we'd have to. So it was basically like she was just worried that she didn't really know where we stood or uh, she was worried that I was like hooking up with a bunch of other girls because mm-hmm. we're not for sure. Like we're not committed monogamous. Right. And it was bugging her. And, you know, she'd seen some things on my Instagram and stuff like that, that, you know, was upsetting her. And okay. so I said, Hey, look, listen, you know, whatever happens between you and me, like I'm here for you as a friend, number one. And whatever you have to say, like, that's not going to change. Yeah. And after I told her that, she calmed down a little bit and she's like, okay, this is what's bugging me. And we talked about it and it was all, it, it was, it was all taken care of. You know, I'd let her know that I wasn't and that if I was, I would let her know. Um, and you know, after I told her that she, she, we relaxed and we were able to get to a place where we could actually like connect. But as before where there's this kind of fear, like, you know, dynamic going on, it, you can't really get somebody to be, no one's ever going to be truly honest with you in that. Mm-hmm. in that scenario yeah I definitely think you handled it in a very good way you gave her space when she's ready she'll talk about it and that's another thing because I, I totally get what you're saying and I have been more mindful about letting not forcing vulnerability out of people I think that's yeah. really important because yeah. that's gonna and I've made that mistake before when I was seeing this one guy in Kentucky I was kind of forcing him to be vulnerable with me when he just was not comfortable with that. And that's something that I really regret doing. And I've learned from it. And I've decided, okay, don't force people to be vulnerable, Alana. Just give them a chance. Like, just say, hey, when you know if you are ready to talk about it or you want to talk about it, whatever you're comfortable with, you know, I'm here for you. And, and I leave it at that. It just, it, that opens it up for them. And it gives them that decision to determine if they want to be vulnerable with you or not. So that's something yeah. I've learned is just to like be patient. That's another thing I've learned while dating in San Francisco is just how to be patient with other people. And if then there is a case where people just really aren't giving you what you need and value out of a relationship, then, you know, you can end things, but patience mm-hmm. is key in my opinion. And that is just whether, even if you're just in a casual relationship or some sort of situationship, you still have to be patient with, a person you still have to respect that person you still need to communicate well with that person i think being in a poly relationship takes a lot of work just as it would with a monogamous relationship i mean i feel like you yeah. can speak more experience on that than i can just because i've never done that before but yeah, <laughs> I mean, i'm I, still learning too yeah and this is all this is all part of the learning process as well like i'm just saying i'm seeing people for longer periods of time now so this is like some of it's new territory for me yeah. So is this, so this is like your first polyamorous relationship that you're exploring right no, now? No, Oh, it's no. not? Okay. I mean, it's the first one that I might've characterized it as that. I don't like calling it poly. This is the thing. My problem with poly is that I just, some people, they think that you can like, that like you can love everybody equally. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you can. Um, I just like, I know uh, my, my willpower, my energy is finite, so I can only invest it in so many people. So it would more be like, I would rather have someone who was like, you know, my main person that I would hang out with. And then there'd be other people for fun. Like that's kind of more what I'm into. Um, so yeah, but I've never been, I haven't been monogamous with anyone since I was in college. And that was, I was miserable in that relationship. Mm -hmm. So I kind of know what, uh, I know, I know the things that are going to make me happy. And if I'm unhappy, yeah. that's probably not a, I don't want to put somebody, I don't want to trap somebody with an unhappy guy. Who's, yeah. You know, do you think, 
do you think that experience with your last monogamous relationship, do you think that's kind of why you've taken more of the open relationship route? Do you th- because you were so miserable and unhappy in that relationship? I guess what was what was miserable about the relationship? I mean, a lot of things. Like um, you know, she she was one of those women that, like you like like this is why this is kind of what I was uh, telling you about. Like she would tell me all the time, like we have to be a one hundred percent honest all the time, mm-hmm. and it was like. I felt like I was strapped to a chair and like a, you know, some sort of prisoner, like in, like they're trying to get information from me. Like, yeah, she didn't let you breathe. Like she's putting a gun to my head. Like you have to be honest with me a hundred percent of the time. It's like, that's not how you build trust. Right. So, um, obviously we lied to each other, you know, and, um, you know, she was, she was never comfortable around me. She was always worried. And then I would get, I would get crazy worried around her sometimes too. And, um, you know, like that was, it just wasn't, it just wasn't fun. It just wasn't a fun relationship. Yeah. So, uh, okay. I want to go through that again. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. That definitely sounds a miserable relationship for sure. It definitely sounds like there ended up being a lack of trust and y'all ended up doing quite the opposite of what y'all wanted. <laughs> yeah. So I guess yeah, it, yeah. it can be a very scarring experience, but I mean, Hey, as long as you're happy in your status and that being in an open, do you prefer the term open relationship? Is that which I, I use? Yeah. Maybe open's better. Op- okay. Open's better. Yeah. Okay. I'd say open relationship. Is. I'm sure I mean, some people will have their own ideas about that too. So we'll yeah, <laughs> but we've, I feel like we've defined it and I feel like hopefully the listeners understand what we mean, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, this is what makes you happier and more secure within your own relationship style because people do have their own relationship style. Some people tend to do better in poly relationships. Some people tend to do better in monogamous relationships. I think it's important as long as you find people who are also on the same page they know what that they know what they're getting themselves into and they're able to communicate healthily. And I think it, it can totally work. Is it for everybody? Definitely not. Just like how monogamy is not for everybody. So I think it's great that you're able to do that and you're able to make it work and how it makes you happy. And I, again, yeah, I don't have anything against people who want that. I just, I guess with me, I just get more frustrated when I keep running into guys who want that because we're just not on the same page, but it has nothing to mm-hmm. do with the guy and his relationship preferences in itself. Right. It has nothing to do. Well, with you're in, you're in the, you're in the freaking poly capital of the world right now. Yeah. And it's been hard. All, all those burners, you know, right. And that's something <laughs> that. I didn't know, like, I didn't do my research on that when I, when I was moving to San Francisco, like I knew San Francisco was full of single people, which made me excited because I'm single. Mm -hmm. So that would, I thought, you know, this was going to be able to increase my chances of finding somebody. I think the only thing that I get frustrated with, and it's funny you mentioned this because, or it's funny that I'm going to bring this up because you recently made this video about some of the best dating apps to use. And you mentioned Hinge being the best one. And I agree with you because it's such a great app. Mm -hmm. I guess what gets frustrated for me as someone who's single looking for something monogamous, there are a lot of people who are poly on there. And I know Hinge is kind of meant for people who want a serious monogamous relationship. So I definitely get a little frustrated when I see people using the app like it's Tinder. Because I think think Tinder and Bumble are really good for people who want to find something more poly. Um, mm-hmm. So I just I just get more frustrated with people who don't understand what Hinge is really designed for because the app's logo is designed to be deleted, meaning they want you to delete yeah. the app so you can find a long-term partner. And I just want people to find the right dating app 
for the right audience. So I think some right, people right. just see Hinge as this regular dating app that's just like Tinder, that's just like Bumble. But in reality, you still see people who want non-ethically monogamous relationship. That's what I see that a lot. Oh, on God. Yeah, apps. they put like five words in front of it. Yeah, that's that's the part that I don't want to be <laughs> dealing with. Um, yeah, I mean, it changes. The problem with dating apps is that like they don't stay constant. Like Tinder's pretty much garbage at this point in yeah. certain areas that I live. Like it's just not I've never good. been a fan of it. It's not it's not good for meeting up with people, even if you just want to hook up with them. You know, like it's it's not that good. So um you know, I think that uh, like Hinge, because more people are coming over there uh, before, not that many people were using Hinge. Hinge is becoming a lot more popular right now. So you're going to mm -hmm. get a lot of people who traditionally weren't using the app in the past. And so maybe Hinge might not be the best app for you right now. Maybe, yeah. um, maybe Coffee Meets Bagel or something uh, that was more oriented towards that would, would yeah. be better. Yeah. Because so, like with dating apps, you can never, like they don't stay constant that they change and with you know the popularity and who's using what and stuff like that like it, it it does change over time like i'm sure i'm sure in a year or two hinge won't be the won't be the best place anymore i'm sure it, I'm, it'll probably change yeah i think one thing that i wish i would like to see from hinge because i know bumble does this on bumble there is a spot where you can mention your intentions and what you're looking for and i wish hinge did that to save more time as you're swiping through people instead of matching and waiting to ask about intentions. But sure. I, I think you're right. I definitely think that dating apps aren't very consistent and they change over time. And yeah, yeah I think maybe I could try to explore other dating apps. I actually am exploring a new dating app. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Flutter. And they released it out this year and it only works in the Bay Area and Phoenix right now. So I've been using that. And I have noticed mm -hmm. that there are people who do want relationships, but they're also I have run into guys and match with them who just want sex. And I clearly stayed on my profile like, hey, I'm looking for something serious. And they don't even read the profile. And that's really frustrating because I'm just trying to weed people out for themselves and for me, because I don't want to well, doesn't, doesn't that make your job a lot easier if they if they didn't read your profile, you could weed them out pretty quickly, right? Right, exactly. And it gets frustrating <laughs> when people don't read the pro. I just noticed a lot of dudes don't read the bio, and I don't understand why. Maybe you might have some insight into this as well, but it's just something that I've noticed where I explicitly state like what I'm looking for. I also state things that make me really interesting. I don't say basic shit that everyone else says. I really try to make myself stand out to be unique. Yeah. The way that you look at a profile is a little bit different than the way, well, maybe a lot different than the way a guy looks at a profile. A guy swiping super quickly and like whatever he matches with, that's what he'll deal with later, you know? And he yeah. just will, will mass message a bunch of people hoping to get someone who's willing to go out with them. Um, from your perspective, you probably spend a little bit more time a reading each women, profile. A lot of women before, do. Before you swipe. Yeah, a um, lot of women do. And I, I it's, just, yeah. it's so interesting to see the difference how men and women are so different when it comes to profiles. I guess maybe there's just one's more impulsive than the other. I, I don't know. I, I don't. But yeah, I've noticed that guys, they just go hyper swipe, hyper swipe, hyper swipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's really crazy. But yeah, this one guy on Flutter, he matched with me. And then he messaged me saying, oh, you want to fuck tonight? And I just immediately unmatched him because he clearly did not read <laughs> my profile. And I'm just like, sir. What all up and that works. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, sir, again, I mean. <laughs> sir, please. <laughs> Let's try yeah. and be respectful here. Yeah, it's like, 
you know, if I was down, if I just wanted sex and I'd be like, yeah, let's go, baby. Let's fuck tonight. But I'm not- <laughs> maybe I, I, a lot of women would be turned off by that. I agree. <laughs> I think, but it's like, I'm I'd, saying, I'd be surprised if any, if anyone went for that. Right. I, I'm just saying, but like, let's say I was like so desperate for sex that night, then, you know, maybe I'd take him up on that offer. But obviously, yeah, I was turned off by it. And it's definitely different than the other guy who was a little bit more direct and honest because I asked what he was looking for. So, you know, he gave me an answer and I said, okay, no, thanks. But, you know, thanks for being honest with me. I was less creeped out, long story short, by the other guy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, thank God. Yeah. But um, before you go, did you want to share anything about your course? Because I know I wanted to give you a chance to talk about that really quick. Sure. I came out with something called the Practical Approaching System, which teaches you how to walk up to anybody at any time. Any, if you're a single guy out there, this teaches you how to walk up to any you know, attractive woman that you see kind of in, in your vicinity, how to do it respectfully, how to do it in a way that's not going to freak her out or creep her out. Um, and if she's with it, then she'll stay. If she's not with it, then you know, she'll, she'll go on her way. Um, so uh, you can get that. I'm going to be re-releasing it in about a week. Okay. Um, so I can send you the link uh, later, Alana, for that. But Absolutely. Um, that's one thing. But I, if you really want to learn how to do it, I recommend you just get personal coaching with me. But the, the course is a little bit more affordable because I'm not actually the one who's personally teaching you. If you want me to personally teach you, that's going to be obviously a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I almost always have, um, I'm almost always coaching people in that way. So I'm, I'm pretty booked up right now, but I might be able to fit a couple other guys in if they uh, reach out to me soon. So uh, if you want to do that, the best way to get in contact with me is thesingleguy2017 at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and there's an application form. So I'll just have you fill that out. And if you seem like a good fit for getting coached by me, then that's what we'll do. Awesome. And then Lloyd, if people wanted to follow you on any social media, where could they find you? Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram. Um, YouTube is my main thing. That's where I give the majority of my advice and majority of my videos. So uh, the, the channel is called The Single Guy, one word. The Single Guy that's on YouTube. And then for Instagram, it's a.single.guy. And that's my username. Awesome. Yeah, I will have the link to Lloyd's course in the show notes along with his social media handles. Lloyd, thank you so much for being on here. This was such a fun conversation. I'm so happy we got to chat. Um, <laughs> it's been so much fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, good luck at San Francisco. I'm currently no longer there, but I, I come to visit there a lot. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping San Francisco is, uh, you know, I feel like the dating scene in San Francisco is as positives and negatives. Um, yeah. And hopefully we'll see more of those positives in the future. I hope so too. Well, Lloyd, it's been such a pleasure. I know you got to run, but um, yeah, I'm excited for this episode to come out and for everyone to listen to it. And mm -hmm. I will see you in the next episode. And then if you are interested in sending your submissions to this podcast for your shameless unapologetic experiences, you can email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic. And I hope to see you guys next week with a brand new episode.